Welcome to Firearms Trainers Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I'm your host, Rob Beckman. Today, we'll be talking about stay in your lane. We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. This episode is also brought to our by our friends at the FTA, the Firearm Trainers Association. Head on over to their website, FTA Protect, to learn more about their instructor coverage they offer and their competitive pricing. Receive a special 10% off on your policy by entering promo code FTP10 at checkout. This episode is brought to you by Mantis X. A couple of years ago, I came across Mantis X at a trade show. I saw a lot of potential for myself and my students in it. Now, I can do my own dry fire practice at home and get expert feedback on what I need to do to improve my own trigger press. But besides improving my own shooting, it also allows me to help my students by having them use the device on their firearm to augment my coaching. It's like having an expert shooting coach right next to me with a student on the range. They work out so well that I actually had a friend who barred mine, then paid me for it because he wouldn't give it back. Get yourself a Manus Axe and you'll see why it's such a valuable tool for improving your shooting and your students. Today we are joined by Brian Eastridge. How are you doing, Brian? Doing well. Thanks, Rob. Good. You want to give our listeners a little bit of your background real quick? Yeah, so for the last 17 years and change, I've been a uh, professional full-time law enforcement officer. Uh, prior to that, I spent four years in the Army in the uh, All-American 82nd Airborne Division. And for the last 14 of 17 years, I've been a an adjunct firearms instructor at my agency. And let's see, other than that, I, I've got three other ventures that I do related to the firearms industry away from law enforcement got a, a small training company where I am the CEO, CFO, you know, head dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's East, Eastridge Training and Consulting. Um, I do a lot of regional, mainly regional training in the Midwest, uh, Oklahoma, Texas, do some travel training to uh, North Carolina. And I've got a range of private facility out there that contracts me about once a year. And also, I'm co-owner and co-founder of EDC Belt Company, which uh, is another venture. We have a really good relationship with Langdon Tactical. They're our exclusive online vendor for our concealed carry belt, the foundation belt. And I'm also the co-host of Law Dog Shooting Sports podcast and radio show that goes out in Oklahoma and Texas. And that's that's kind of the, the glossing over of sorts. You're a busy person, in other words. I'm a lot of hats. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know, I know the feeling, but, uh, thank you for your service. And I've listened to your podcast, uh, for uh, a couple months now. And it's, uh, it, you, you hit on, on definitely a different angle than a lot of other podcasts being law enforcement at the same time. You're, I mean, you're, you're encouraging, uh, responsible gun ownership and responsible carrying and ta- tackling those kind of issues from a individual standpoint. So we're tackling from an instructor standpoint, you're tackling from a, uh, individual standpoint. Well, appreciate you coming on today because one of the topics I've had from the episode one of this podcast that I wanted to tackle, and I think you're the perfect person to talk about is that as an instructor, we're always looking for more things to teach on, but at the same time, as instructors, we owe to ourselves and to our students to be careful what we teach. And that's where today's topic about staying in your lane, I think is, is very important for us to consider what do we teach on versus that we are 
experts at versus what do we are knowledgeable about, but aren't really experts to where we can teach somebody at a competent level. And you've, you've done a lot of different training and I'd love to hear your uh, views on, on how to stay in your lane when it comes to training. Yeah. The first place I heard that phrase, stay in your lane was when I was in the military, you know, and it had to do with, you know, sectors of fire and, and such like that. Uh, but it was also kind of thrown around as a, a phrase that if you don't know something about a topic, then you stay in your lane and we stay in ours. So especially amongst the NCO ranks. <laughs> so the, and I can give several examples of that as an instructor, um, you know, I've shot long range rifle, I've shot bolt action rifle, lever action rifle, pump shotgun, semi-automatic, skeet, clays. I mean, the whole gamut. I teach people how to run a handgun. That's it. Um, I, I don't teach red dots. We're, we're doing some exploration into that. But uh, I primarily teach people that, that kind of bridging the gap between being a new concealed carrier and learning to run a gun efficiently. And that's kind of where my niche is because for the last 14 years, I've had to take, you know, 21 to 40 year old uh, men and women that are going to be defending their life on a, potentially the day after they leave the police academy. And I have to give them as many of the tools that I, as I can to get them proficient on running a gun in a really limited window of time. So yeah, I now, Long range shooting, skeet, clays, traps, all that. that, Yeah, I'm proficient at it, but it's not something that I teach. Um, You know, I've been approached to do carbine classes. I'm a patrol rifle instructor, um, you know, and having all the the military background. And that's not something I focus on because, let's face it, the general populace isn't going to walk around with an AR-15 under their coat, hopefully. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But handguns are that that's the way we all stay armed and that's that's kind of my lane is get people up to speed really quickly uh and then give them the tools and expectations of how to practice um how to evaluate themselves how to how to develop performance and demystify and debunk a lot of the information that's out there on how to shoot accurately with some measure of speed so Mm -hmm. Well, let me ask you this, uh, dive into this a little bit more when you're talking, you know, you know how to operate a shotgun, you've gone skeet shooting, you've probably done the, uh, shotgun from a, from control uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. Why don't you feel your, your, uh, you can educate somebody or instruct somebody in a class perspective? Well, uh, one thing is, uh, especially with the advent of the patrol rifle and law enforcement, the shotgun, I won't say has gone by the wayside, it, not by any stretch of the imagination, but it's just not something that I have spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours doing. Uh, now I'm, will run a shotgun with the best of them. That's, that's fine. But as far as the ins and outs of really teaching the finite details of that, it, it to lay out a curriculum and to, really teach that material it takes somebody that has almost an an obsession with that platform um and it's like that when you when you look into any aspect of uh of a hobby or the mastery of a craft artists they literally spend thousands of hours devoted to their craft Uh, you know some of my dearest friends are, are professional musicians and 
they have what borders on an obsession with mastering their instrument. So for me, that's been the handgun because that's what I carry every day, day in, day out. So that's what you shoot probably every week or every month at least. Um, so, so I feel that I, I feel extremely confident in knowing all the ins and outs of that. Um, the other one is revolvers. I, I haven't laid a curriculum out, but I'm pretty comfortable teaching people revolvers. I've even at 40 years old, uh, when I came into police work, everything was police pistol competition, PPC based, uh, surgical accuracy with a hand uh, revolver or, or a semi-automatic handgun. And I can teach people to run a revolver. Uh, the demand is starting to grow in that. So, you know, that's an area I, I would feel comfortable teaching someone in. Uh, when it comes to all all the other aspects, it lets you devoted uh, it, countless hours to a particular platform. You you really kind of need to stick with what you know. If that, mm-hmm. and I see a lot of instructors that 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 throw up forty different class curriculums out there. And if you've been an instructor for any length of time, to me, that's a big red flag. Uh, because for me to lay out an eight hour school, which my course is called skill builder courses for me to lay out an eight hour skill builder course took probably a hundred hours of writing and editing curriculum, beta testing it with a trusted group of shooters that would give me input and feedback to make sure that I was delivering the best product for the, for the price point that I, that I've charged. So, yeah, I, th- I think it summarizes. I mean, if, if you're not picking it up every week, or teaching every month on it, then it's probably not your core uh, skill set. And we probably have all, you know, either through, you know, like you said, shotgun skeet shooting or, you know, hunting or, you know, rifles, mm-hmm. you know, we've all used different platforms, but at the same time, how many of them we have we mastered? Uh, right. You know, I use a shotgun to go deer hunting with. I shoot it, you know, five shots a year. It doesn't right. necessarily make me an expert in how to go along and do room, cl- room clearing with a shotgun. Um, I, you know, quite frankly, I'd go to somebody like Tom Gibbons, somebody who's really dedicated a ton of time into really right. understanding the nuances behind a shotgun. Because when you go from the pistol to the long gun, things change. You know, you got right. to you got to know how, how to how to handle it. You know, when you're clearing the rooms, you know how to handle it, you know, as it's recoiling. And there's obviously a completely different reloading uh, skill that has to be uh, mastered when it comes to, you know, it's a tubular shotgun versus a AR with a, with a magazine. Um, those are all different spots. Yeah. My, my favorite, um, you know, Ernest Langdon and I were having a conversation one time and he, he, he was in a class and. He says, you know, you realize every one of you here that's attending this class is an instructor, whether you realize it or not, because people are going to know, hey, you're the gun guy. You're my neighbor that that goes and that has guns, whether you're a certified instructor or not. Um, so the information that he tailored was a lot of, uh, sub- <laughs> I hate to say subliminal, but uh, but was geared almost as an instructor level type material and everything was interactive. And I really, that really stuck with me because, you know, in my family, there, there are, you know, in the outer reaches of my family, there are people that are not gun people that want to be. And I tend, I end up being the subject matter expert. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, and along with that, you know, I have a, a beautiful 
260 Remington semi-custom long-range rifle with you know a, a wonderful optic and and I understand how to use it at a very rudimentary level. And I have people ask me all the time when I'm shooting it, they're like, Hey, well, can you teach me how to, how to dial dope and call wind and all that? I'm like, man, I'm not the guy I can do it, but I don't know the nuances of that well Mm -hmm. enough to go here. Let me make you proficient on it. Well, and shooting a target a hundred yards is different than shooting it at 400 yards. And it sure as heck's a lot different than shooting a thousand yards because I haven't shot at a thousand yards, but when I've shot at at 400 yards, it's a, it's a bit different. Um, you know, you hear a shot and you know, in my situations I'm hunting and it's different. I mean, you, you literally shoot it and then you realize that animal didn't move like I would expect. And then all of a sudden does move because it takes the bullet time to get there. Um, hundred yards. Yeah. It's instantaneous. But at 400 yards, right. you can actually look and see the animal react and, right. uh, you know, the bullet hit, which is really something interesting. That's, that's really, really good information there. Now, when it comes, you and I are both pistol people. We've ran pistols in a lot of different situations. Um, I know my, my limits. I don't teach, like, vehicle fighting tactics because mm-hmm. I've gone through some of them, but it really, I wouldn't say I've mastered it. Not as, not as much as I can with going and drawing from concealment, going along and being able to make those accurate shots, um, your basic concealed carry stuff. Uh, what do you, what do you think about, you know, people that teach, uh, vehicle tactics? What kind, what kind of training do you think that they would need to do that competently? Oh, wow. That's, uh, one cost is exponential unless you've got somebody to donate you a vehicle and a whole ton of windshields and side glass. And, um, to teach that, um, is, is a really, as a really in-depth study as you know, my, my department's implementing that, that training and a lot of the train, the trainer stuff that we went through, uh, was developed out of guys that were running vehicle convoys in Iraq, Afghanistan and places like that where they actually literally were fighting from into out of, uh, out of vehicles. So, and I mean, these, these guys were deployed six, eight, 10 months at a time doing this every single day and developing these techniques. And sometimes at a, at a really hefty cost, um, to not only equipment, but life. Um, so, for me to, to go and, and source an instructor. Yeah. I, I kind of want somebody that's been there, done that. Uh, a lot of police officers that I, I know have, have been in engagements in and around vehicles. Let's face it. We live in a world of cars here in the U S mm-hmm. um, and a lot of them have a lot of very good experience with that. There is a lot of myth and a lot of misconception about fighting around a vehicle. And it's there again, that, that is a niche skill. I would say, that's, that's kind of started to come to the forefront of training that it kind of like medical in the last few years that was overlooked until maybe the last four or five years uh, mm-hmm. in the civilian circles. Uh, but you know, I, I'm not going to go to Joe, nobody and ask him how to tie a tourniquet. <laughs> you know, I would want to go to a nurse, an EMT, a paramedic, uh, a physician's assistant, a you know, a vascular surgeon, whatever. <laughs> so somebody that actually has hands-on experience doing that. Because once you get the tourniquet on, you got to know what to do next. Just like if you're fighting around a car, okay, you might be able to shoot when you're seated, 
but that's a, you know, steel coffin if you don't get out of the car or get out of mm-hmm. the area type of thing. And that's where in any kind of violent confrontation, the tool, the, our tool is the gun. We're going to use right. the gun for one, for a specific thing. We're not going to use the gun in order to, you know, bang in nails or anything else like that. We're going to use the gun to get to our next, um, you know, safer location, get out of there, whatever the situation comes into. And that's where holistically you've got to make sure that whatever skill you're teaching, you can not only teach, Hey, this is the way you press the trigger, but this is also mm-hmm. the way that, you know, you combine in, here's a drawing, here's how to go along, scan the area. Here's what you should be doing while you're scanning, you know, get the hell out right. of there, all those kind of skills. And, you know, same thing with, when it comes to, uh, vehicles. I took a TCCC class earlier this year. A mm-hmm. uh, great kind of eye-opener because when you combine tactics in where you've got to actually move people that are not completely, you know, sealed up yet, but you're moving mm-hmm. them because to a safer location, you start realizing, hey, you know, there's trade-offs all the time to where you've got to really know what you're doing and say, this is what I have to do right now. And okay, if they lose a little bit more blood as we're dragging them down the road, it's a lot, that's better than this situation here where they're, they're leaking right. a, a whole lot of blood and those types of things. And that's where having competent instructors that can not only show you, Hey, here's how to put a tourniquet on. I mean, right. I think that's probably like a two minute course, you know, that you could probably find on YouTube someplace, but what do you mm-hmm. do after you put the tourniquet on? What do you do yeah. about the other parts of it? How do you go along, take care of broken bones or, uh, you know, eye injury, those, all those kind of skills, which are very similar to, you know, if you were running a carbine, okay, you shoot it, but what do you do with a carbine when you've got this big long barrel out in front of you and you turn and you come around a corner? That's a mm-hmm. great, something great for somebody to grab. Or what happens right. when your car being jams and you got to transition over to your, over back to your pistol? You know those and, those types of things. And there there's not a YouTube video made that can give you that experience. Right. Um, you know, I, I've I've been in situations and done done a lot of what you you've just covered. But my the lane for me is, and what I see is a huge gap in the uh, in. Uh, I hate to call it an industry, but in the instructor community is everybody has a desire to take quasi advanced training. Um, and to me, there is no such thing as advanced shooting. There is fundamental shooting in a variety of more advanced situations. A lot of people in classes you know, approach me and go, well, how are you shooting like that in this situation? I'm like, look, the shooting doesn't change. And if you have not had a, a, a mastery of, of that, then all of this other stuff is kind of meaningless until you get, um, until you get a fundamental proficiency that can be executed on command with the handgun. And unfortunately the handgun is probably the most difficult platform to master. Mm-hmm. Um, it just in general, I mean, all the, the controls, the finite details of how to run a handgun, but it is our most convenient weapon to stay armed. And so, keep in mind too, it's a, it's a close quarters, you know, type of weapon too. You're not engaging somebody normally at a hundred yards with a, with a handgun. You're, they might be at 
10 feet away from you. So there's a, you talk about the stress and, you know, adrenaline, everything that's going to be pumping through your Mm -hmm. system. As you said, you've got to be able to go along and execute things flawlessly on demand. And if you don't know how to get a good grip, good trigger press side alignment, it doesn't matter whether you're running around a car or doing a room clearing or anything else like that, you're going to have problems. You're, right. You've got, and, you've got to sit there at the range and go through all the basics and, and get those down first. And then you find out, guess what? I can run and shoot. I can go along and, and jump over walls and shoot because it's all the shoot is all the same. It's what do you do right before that, before I squeeze the trigger. And the, the, the interesting thing to me is I've attended quite a bit of, of, of outside civilian training. That's one thing that I try to attend at least one outside class a year from an instructor I've never attended training from. Um, I have the ones that are my favorites and I go, Ooh, I'd love to rent. Yeah. I'd love to repeat that class, but you know, budget wise and, and time wise, I, I generally select somebody that's, that's a little bit, uh, you know, maybe out of my comfort zone or, or somebody that I don't, don't have a history with. Um, and one of the things I see, constantly is people that show up to classes they make a monetary investment to get this this experience and they they don't have a fundamental mastery of the handgun to where they they can perform based you know based on the scenario or the the situation and it's kind of frustrating to me because i i'm i i consider myself a a a really a, a fairly high level shooter and seeing people that take class after class after class and they they have no real expectation of how to how to perform marksmanship on demand and the flip side of that is a lot of the inst- or not a lot of the instructor community it's it's getting to be less but some of the instructor community is still caught in um we have to sell advanced training a- and uh, and it it pains me to see that and have people that are quasi drinking from a fire hose in a class. And after, after seeing that for years and years, that, that was kind of how I developed my lane, which was, let me, let me give you a crash course and dispel and debunk and demystify how to run this gun so that when you are seated in a vehicle, you, you don't have to think about the marksmanship aspect. It happens. Mm -hmm. You're more concerned with how do I, how do I do these finite manipulations, get around a seatbelt, get out of a car, uh, shoot from prone, shoot underneath the vehicle, um, you know, park rounds on a target at, at, at a distance I'm not necessarily comfortable with or, um, or, or move and shoot, walk and shoot, things like that. If you can't run the gun, it makes all the other stuff exponentially more difficult. So that's, and that's how I developed the, the, the skill builder curriculum was let's, let's trim all the fat and, and get you up to speed really quickly. So, and thus far it's been pretty successful, but that's really where, uh, that's, that's my lane. That's, that's where I want to, that's kind of where I want to be. Um, because let's face it, the concealed carry market is growing what a, a million people a year. Something so that's like a that. million. Yep. Yeah. It's a million people that have had a very basic level law class and a small proficiency class that are now looking to take outside training, but a lot of times don't 
because they're intimidated that they're not going to perform or they're not going to get the max of, out of this course. So my classes are really cost effective crash course in how to get you up to speed. Uh, so yep, that's, that's, uh, that's, good, that's my lane. Mm -hmm. yep. um, places to go along, get instructors that are listening to this, hopefully take caution and making sure they become expertise and things, but places that people can go to get uh, that additional expertise. I know before the podcast we were talking about, I'm a member of international international association of law enforcement instructors and that's given me opportunities to get into a lot of the patrol rifle uh, shotgun and advanced uh, pistol shooting do you have any suggestions for our listeners where they could potentially get higher level instructor level uh, kind of training well i like uh let's see 2018 i went down to the range master tactical conference i'm mm -hmm. sorry no i that was this year i'm sorry that was that was march of this year in, in new orleans yep tom uh, gibbons yep new, yeah new orleans kind of, was this kind of year. running together <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i'd never attended that before and for somebody that wants a good um dip your toe in the pool kind of uh kind of learning environment it's a great place uh i, I set through briefings made some lifelong friends and uh really was able to get kind of a glossing over of a lot of different information. And for the price point, I felt like it was a great investment. Um, some of it from being a, a policeman, I was like, you know, uh, maybe the pepper spray course isn't for me uh, because I have to demonstrate proficiency on that every year. But hey, let's look at uh, some of the tactical medical or, you know, uh, couple of one guy gave a briefing on you know uh just travel and flying in an airplane which i have to do frequently now so it was um it was a great great conference uh if you're especially if you're not in the law enforcement world where you have some more access to things like that um it's it, one of those it, things where you can get a lot of great training focused in, in right. a weekend. It, yeah and uh and get to hang out with people that, that you're not going to see. I mean, I, I, there were people there that are, I've been in and around in the industry for 17 years that I, Hey, they're all at one spot and we get to go have dinner together. And, um, that, and I would say, you know, in every region there, there are a lot of really good instructors and don't be afraid. Even if you feel like you're maybe a high level shooter, uh, to go even attend an NRA basic course and look at, look at how that curriculum's laid out. Um, and as instructors, I, I tell people, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily attend training anymore because I feel like I'm going to have some magical breakthrough with the handgun. It's finite polishing at this point, but what I'm looking at is instructor development and how curriculum is laid out and exercises to, uh, challenge shooters and to develop proficiency and skills. And, you know, some of the courses I've been to, I might take away one or two things and go, I really like the way this guy phrased this, you know, mm -hmm. drawing from the holster like this. I've never looked at it from the angle uh, of, of this, or, you know, this guy teaches how to get a, a, a sub one second draw. Okay. That's great. This guy over here teaches how to, how to covertly draw your handgun, maybe in a crowd of people when, and, and maintain, uh, you know, maintain uh, the ability to not violate the law when you're doing that. So, 
uh, yeah, that, that that's kind of where I, I'm at for training and, but I also still like to go and, uh, around here, sometimes I get called, Hey, come out to my class and, uh, you know, I want you to kind of audit my material. And I do the same with instructor friends of mine here. Um, Hey, I want you to AI this class, but it's not necessarily just to keep the shooters safe. It's also because I want your feedback and input on how my curriculum's laid out. And that for me has been, has been just marvelous because not that we're stealing each other's material, but we're constantly trying to make each other better. And, uh, my, which makes your gun community better all the way around. It does. It does. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, uh, it's a force multiplier. And, uh, one of my, one of my dear friends is Spencer keepers. And Mm -hmm. once, once a year we come and set in on each other's curriculum and whether it be to, to help shooters out, maybe if we have a larger class, uh, or at the end of it, you know, we sat down over a beverage and go, Hey, you know, in this part of your lecture, this, this part of a little bit. So here's a way you could, you could expedite this or, um, you know, so we're constantly trying to fine tune that to, to, to put out the best product for shooters. And I'd say as an instructor, if you're not bringing other instructors in because you feel like they're going to steal your material or they're going to, you know, they're going to rip off your curriculum or whatever. I would encourage you to do that it, just to get another set of professional eyes on your training um, and throw the ego aside. And when somebody, somebody gives you a piece of uh, a piece of information, a lot of times that's from an experience based background. Mm-hmm. Hey, I saw this and I've had a disaster in my class with this. Okay. How do we, how do we modify that? So, well, I think the key word there is professional. I mean, if, if, yeah. if you are a professional, you're going to go along and realize, A, there's room for you to improve. B, that the only way you're going to improve is by going along and have other people critiquing you about what's mm-hmm. going on. Um, you know, on this podcast, you know, we ask people for feedback all the time. That's the only way I'm going to get better as a podcast. The only way I'm going to get better as an instructor is feedback from the students, which might say, hey, I didn't like this. But if I really want good feedback, go to another instructor and have them say, remember how you were describing the rifling in a barrel? That was so confusing and everybody and all the students were sitting there confused about it. Think about maybe doing it this way. And like you said, from somebody's experience that says, hey, describe it to them like a football. You know, describe to them how, how the bullets got to roll through the air like a football does and how much better accuracy. Because we've always seen little kids throw a football without a spin and just wobbles and hits mm-hmm. the ground. But all of a sudden they get that nice smooth, uh, spin to it. And all of a sudden you got an eight year old kid who's throwing the ball, you know, 20 yards and, you know, but those are the ways to make ourselves better as instructors. And right. it, it could be a small thing or it could be a really big thing, but ultimately we're trying to make better, more knowledgeable gun owners out there. Right. And if, if you as an instructor are not trying to make yourself a better, more knowledgeable and more masterful uh, instructor, you know, you, you've fallen into the rinse and repeat mentality. And I, and that, that pains me to see that I'm not seeing it as much in the industry now as I did maybe five, 10 years ago. Uh, I see a lot of people growing and developing as instructors and what I tell people is that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to, okay, I've never really taught carbine, but I'm going to teach a carbine class because, uh, you know, that's something that people will pay for. I would, I would rather go to a class that somebody says, 
this is the pistol I shoot, I carry every day, and I can tell you everything about this gun, not only the mechanics of it, the operation of it, and how to run it efficiently. And uh, that, to me, is when you say, this person is really masterful at his craft. Um, for And not going to pat break my arm patting myself on the back, but there are, there are two platforms that I focus on with handguns, and that's the SIG P320 and the Beretta 92. And I can, I can tell you every part in those guns, what they do, how they perform, how they perform with different ammo, how they perform with different hand loads, you know, different sights, sight heights, uh, stuff like that, uh, how to, how to get your registered zero with those with different ammunition. And for me, that's, that's the lane I stay in. I, I love Glocks. I shoot Glocks. I, I have them. That's not what I teach on, uh, because, I don't have that mastery of that platform like I do the, the Beretta 92 and the SIG 320. Mm-hmm. So yep. you come to my class, you're going to see me shooting one or both of those pistols. Yep. And uh, yeah, and running double action first shot guns is that that's my lane. I've done it for 20 plus years now, um, you know, and transitioning to a striker fired gun. It's not that big of a learning curve going from one to the other. Uh, but, but if I, it, I go to a class and an instructor's demoing with five different guns. I go, which one are you the best with? Which one have you mastered? And you get the, well, they're all the same. Well, no, they're not. <laughs> uh, so my 1911 is a lot different than my, than my Glocks. In 1911s. Sure. Yeah. I spent, mm-hmm. I spent about 12 years actually gunsmithing 1911s. I can tell you everything about that platform. I own two and they sit in the safe. <laughs> so mm-hmm. <laughs> mine comes out maybe once a year because someone right. wants to shoot in 1911 and i love shooting it but you know my carry gun and such it's it's a glock well well uh brian great information today really Thank appreciate you. your time and everything else like that if instructors are out there looking for your classes or your belt or want to catch your podcast where can they find you all at so uh right now uh the, uh, my my head web designer is uh, as yet unnamed. So uh, my training company is Eastridge Training and Consulting on Facebook. Uh, I have a small Facebook page. I, I do class announcements on it. Uh, most of the people that I'm that I get contracted to put on training with, they do most of the advertising. The um, you know the, the legwork on that just because I have a full time job. So. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll contract me for a class and they contact me through Facebook or through email. Um, the belts, we do have a Facebook page, kind of an informational Facebook page where we share some of the, uh, the industry goings on and that's EDC belt company. Um, our exclusive online vendor, the one place to get them is langdontactical.com. Ernest and Amy, great people. Um, and they carry our product exclusively. So there again, having two guys in a company that both have full-time jobs, um, you know, we, we handle customer support a lot, but uh, our one sales outlet is Langdon Tactical. And then uh, Law Dog Shooting Sports, we're, we're, we're on Facebook. We have a web domain that's underway that's going to link all three of those, those together. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud, and we try to run... Uh, at least one show a week. If you're in the Wichita Falls area down to about Mineral Wells and up to Medill, Ardmore, Oklahoma, uh, you can catch us on uh, KSEY and KMAD 
uh, we, we, we syndicate radio that way. Uh, best way to get a hold of us there is like us and follow us on Facebook at, uh, at Law Dog Shooting Sports, or I'm sorry, at Law Dog Podcast. Uh, I'm, let's see, I, that's kind of the, the primary ways that I've been functioning right now. I've, I've, I've got about three years before I can even think about retiring from my full-time job. So, <laughs> um, and I launched into this industry about a year ago and it has been a whirlwind and a firestorm ever since. And, uh, I, I was talking to Riley Bowman, our, our buddy from concealedcarry.com, And he said, yep. man, you mm-hmm. gotta get, you gotta get three hats and just whenever you're, you know, whichever <laughs> company you're representing, put that hat on and, and talk. But, uh, and I'll throw a plug. What got me inspired to get into civilian training uh, was Firearms Trainers Association. I had the, the good fortune of being uh, an ambassador for CCW Safe, another great company based in Oklahoma. And at the 2018 SHOT Show, I set in on the Firearms Trainers Association board meeting. And when I saw what they had to offer and and the the network of instructors that they're building, I was all in. I, I think I was membership like number 12. And uh, so kudos to them because if not, I would still be uh, remaining comfortable in the law enforcement training circles. Uh, but it's allowed me to function in that uh, civilian, uh, in the, the civilian world of, of firearms instructors. So, yeah, And the one, one call out I'll give to, to the FTA also is they put a lot of good articles out on the website. To where, you know, not only, you know, do they sponsor our podcast, but there's a lot of good writers that they put articles out there to get people thinking about, hey, what should I do about this? How do I manage the classroom? How do I do those types of things? And if there's any instructor out there, um, we'll give you the discount code again here in a minute. But read their articles, too, besides listening to our podcast. And you can see the FTA really is dedicated to instructors and in making things uh safe for them and safe for their students too. So that's a great dedication from them. Yeah. I wanted to also throw a shout out to them because, uh, the bulk of my, my, uh, wardrobe now has FTA written on it somewhere. So thankfully <laughs> they're, they're kind of their home office is here in Oklahoma city. So, uh, they keep me, uh, keep me rather well dressed. I got to go along and talk to somebody there. Cause I haven't gotten a shirt yet. Hint. <laughs> hey, I know a guy. <laughs> yeah, I know a guy too. Okay. Well, that's a wrap for this episode. Hopefully everybody's uh, enjoyed the episode and conversation with Brian. A couple of requests for you. Follow us, encourage others to follow us on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you, you listen to the podcast at. Visit our sponsors at Firearms Trainers Association at ftaprotect.com and check out their instructor insurance. Being a responsible instructor means having insurance coverage for you and for your your students. And remember to use promo code FTP10 for 10% off. If you have any questions, ideas, feedback, want somebody to respond to it late night, feel free to email me at FTP at concealedcarry.com. And remember, We bring you this podcast to support the industry, the Second Amendment, and most importantly, every firearm instructor in America that dedicates time and energy into making gun owners more knowledgeable. Stay in your lane and remember to stay safe.
Concealed Carry Inc. and ConcealedCarry.com strives to share helpful information and education about gun-related topics, training tips, and other things that may potentially have legal implications for its listeners. The information contained in this podcast is intended in good faith, but it is important to understand that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand laws that apply to them. Nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued as legal advice or counsel.